Are you looking to franchise, start a new business, begin an exit strategy, sell your company, plan your succession, retire, write a book, become a speaker, create a course? Then stay tuned for what's next. My guest today is Mark Stewart. Mark has 34 years in HR, retiring as VP of HR for a unit of a Fortune 500 company in 2013, then followed his dream of being a filmmaker, creating what became an award-winning rockumentary called Mock and Roll. Now film uh, five films later, collaborating with three accomplished women in the industry to create top quality indie films. Welcome to the discussion, Mark. Thank you very much, Scott. Good to be here. Going from HR to filmmaking, that's, that's, you know, that's not your typical jump from one thing to the next, but you know, I, I get ahead of myself. So let's start at the beginning, all right? Where are you from and what did you do um, or what did you want to do when you grew up? Well, I'm from a small town um, in Ohio called Millersburg, actually real close to uh, Amish country is what it's primarily known for. And uh, I guess the biggest thing I tried to work out initially is what I didn't want to do. At least that's what I figured out because I had summer jobs doing a little bit of everything. Um, one was making pallets at a Holmes County pallet maker where, um, you know, I was pounding nails into the pallet on one side and then there was this long-term guy that had this big hammer and boom, boom, twice he had the nail down, you know, and he'd do two thirds to three quarters of the pallet by the time I was still tapping to get mine in. And I decided, no, that wasn't for me. There's also a lumber yard there uh, for a summer job I did where you're basically handling lumber, lumber a guy grades it, put and, and you have to take it and put it on the right pile with somebody else. And I caught a rash on my hands from doing that. I didn't know well enough to put gloves on uh, for, you know, after they treated the lumber. So I decided I didn't want to do that. I started working for my dad, who is a standard oil distributor, and he drove all around the county de delivering oil and oil products. And I really enjoyed that, especially when I got old enough to drive his pickup and then start delivering barrels of uh, oil and uh, different types of things. So, I, and I always watched him in business and I figured, okay, I'd like to be in business somehow, but I had no idea uh, how I wanted to get into that until I actually got into college and I started majoring in business. And uh, I didn't know what major though within business because uh, I was taking all these finance courses and I really enjoyed the, the personal finance. But finally, when I took uh, an elective in HR, labor and collective bargaining, I, I asked a professor, I said, you can actually make a living doing this kind of stuff? He goes, oh yeah, there are people all over the country. I said, that's it, that's what I'm gonna major in. So I was able to major in that and, and get a job and start my career off in HR. So I was very fortunate. So you did, you, you were involved in HR before what you're doing today. Uh, how long did it, did I say, was it 34 years? 34 years. I, I loved being in HR. I, I met all kinds of great people, worked for terrific companies that were very progressive in their thinking, you know, doing some really exciting things with both their business and the kind of climate they were creating with their employees. And I really, really enjoyed that. And uh, so I did that for, like I say, you know, 34 years, finally heading up a, a unit of a Fortune 500 company that was uh, 
um, you know, voted one of the best employers to work for and, and had a terrific return for its investors. And so I got, I got in a position, I guess, earlier than I had planned to be able to kind of pursue my dream. You know, I, I got in a certain position. I still loved HR, but I was just ready for what's next. Do something uh, different is what I wanted to do. And so that's, that's when I was able to retire and start looking at uh, filmmaking. So what, tell us, what is the essence of what you do today now? Well, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a movie producer. So, um, you know, initially I, I basically uh, was producing and writing my very first film when I was in mock and roll. And then when we finished that up and took it on the film festival circuit, that's where I started meeting a lot of folks from, from the film industry um, and uh, really decided, as I, one of the people I met asked me to produce a project for her. And I said, you know, I've only produced one project thus far, but she said, yeah, but I love the, the project. You know, it's won awards. Uh, I really love the way that you work. Uh, I want you to produce it for me. I said, okay, as long as you're going into it with open eyes. And I've been, she's been one of my partners ever since that time. And I'm, I've really focused on the business side while she's the director. She, um, she was an actor actress and then really became known as an, an actor's director because she really understood uh, the movie industry and was so great at it. Actors love working with her. Lana Reed is her name. And um, so I've been working with her on various projects. So as a producer, basically, I'm involved in all the business aspects of the film, all the way from starting off helping to identify, you know, what, what project are we going to do? Is the script a killer script? Because it all always starts with that. Uh, all the pre-production types of things from location scouting to uh, casting, although a lot of that, that is really focused on Lana's expertise because she's the casting director, but just helping support a lot of the pre-production types of things, um, creating a budget, finding uh, partners, sponsors, investors, um, and then taking that agreements with the cast, with the crew, helping find the crew, and then taking that into actual production. Um, and then, which is kind of the smallest piece actually of, of filmmaking and then into post-production, which is another large piece I'm involved in, which is basically overseeing the, the editing, the, uh, uh, the sound mixing, uh, all the different aspects that you need to have a create, a a finished product so you can take out to distributors and finding distribution. Your company name is Stew Bean Productions. Uh, I've got to ask, where does that name come from? That came from a school nickname. Uh, one of my friends just, you know, instead of calling me Stuart, you know, a lot of kids call you by your last name. Yeah. He just started calling me, hey, Stew Bean, you know, and it just kind of stuck. So I decided, hey, you know, that'd be a unique name. There probably aren't a whole lot of Stew Bean productions out there. So I decided to name my company that. Now, what do you find easy about the transition from HR to filmmaking? The easiest piece, I think, was probably the uh, business aspects, since I'd been involved in business for so long and understanding, you know, anywhere from uh, a lot of the legal aspects, creating agreements, 
uh, even though they're quite different in the film business than the businesses I came from, there's still certainly a lot of connections there, similarities. Um, so, you know, and just being able to interact with uh, people on a team basis, you know, collaboration. I've, I've collaborated with people all throughout my career, um, worked in teams. Teamwork's very important to me, creating a, an, a positive environment that everybody can thrive in. Those types of things I pro were probably the the easiest for me. Yeah, yeah. So you, you drew from that 34 years of experience in all those things and, and simply applied it to a different industry. And it right. was to you. Let's flip that coin. What was the hardest thing? What has been the hardest thing about that? Um, making new contacts, because when I looked at, you know, even from a LinkedIn perspective, I had a lot of contacts in business and in HR, um, but I didn't have any contacts in the film industry. So I had to kind of start over again and um, not only through LinkedIn, but just, you know, locally and regionally try to make contacts, you know, so I could talk with people and uh, be able to learn more about the business, you know, what they've learned, what's worked well, what hasn't worked well with them. Uh, so it's really just the connections, uh, making a whole different set of connections that I ever had in my previous career. When do you feel like you hit your stride with Stu Bean Productions? I don't know if we're there yet, but uh, you know, certainly I, I'm pleased with how everything has started because it's been what just under eight years that I've okay. been in this this new career. But um, I, I'm pleased with how we were able to create um, the very the rockumentary Mock and Roll and and get distribution for it and uh, and and connect with a lot of people, both locally and regionally, and uh, even during the filming, because uh, we reached out to, since it was a rock and roll film, I reached out to a lot of uh, bands. And of course, a lot of them are classic rock bands that I followed when I grew up. And one of my favorites was Foghat, the, the people that made Slow Ride. And they happened to be coming through town while we were filming. Uh, we're going to be they were scheduled here locally. So I thought, well, I'm just going to reach out to their management and see whether or not, you know, they'd have an interest or one of them in being doing a cameo, you know, just having a special appearance on the film. And I got a, a three word answer that said, sounds like fun. Uh, so I was so stoked. Uh, we had the, the, the longest, uh, uh, member of, uh, of Foghat, the drummer, Roger Earl, uh, who said, yeah, I'd, I'd love to, to come and join you. So we we scheduled some time. Fortunately, they got in here the day before their, their concert. And uh, I was able to go pick him up at the hotel, take him to the to the to where we were shooting, uh, tell him what we were trying to do. And it was pretty simple, uh, you know, and, and silly. And he was all game for it. He's got such a great sense of humor. He was so generous with his time. And, um, you know, to, to, that he gave us that day and even afterwards in helping promote the movie. Um, so, so I'd say that that was certainly one of the highlights early on. Yeah, it sounds like you are really following a dream. I mean, this that I'll bet that was like you were beside yourself. I was totally. <laughs> you, you couldn't hold me down there for a while. So. No, no, no. OK, so let me ask the big question for the person who's listening today who is contemplating chasing their dream, but they're not sure how to go about it. You've been through the change, through a retirement avenue, 
what advice would you give that person who's listening and thinking about, you know, they're not really chasing their dream right now? I, I would say uh, research uh, is very important because basically I spent more than a year you know, researching what, what would filmmaking be all about, you know, and is this something I could do? Uh, I knew I wanted to write. I wasn't sure what I wanted to write until I met, uh, until I came up with this crazy idea for the first film, Mock and Roll. And that's when I started reaching out to screenwriters. And I said, here's the concept. Does it make any sense? And what do you think about it? And, and one of them actually said, I like it and I'll collaborate with you on the script. Uh, and I thought, fantastic, because I've written a lot in my career, but it's mostly communications, corporate communications, HR communications and, and the like, never a screenplay. So he had that kind of skill set and was able to kind of take me under his wing. So a lot of that research early on, I, you know, finding out what does it take to, to be in that new field, uh, connect with some people in that whatever that field is, get a better understanding of it and find out a, a point in time when you're actually ready to make such a big big jump so you knew it was filmmaking you just didn't know quite sure you weren't quite sure what about filmmaking i actually knew it was writing i, I didn't even at that point when i'd retired i wasn't sure it was filmmaking but i wanted to write um i actually even started writing a few children's books early on right. and i sent those out to a few publishers and got very nice um, no thank you kind of a reception to it. And that's when I decided, okay, what if I wrote something different, like a screenplay? Because I had always loved films. I've always loved music. I said, what if you put them together, made it a really silly concept where this parody band's trying to make it to the big time, uh, but they don't quite know how to do it. They're, they're a little bit clueless and they want to get to the South by Southwest Music Festival. What would happen, you know, for them in, as they're trying to earn enough money and reputation to get there? So that's what the concept was. And it, it just kind of all came together. You start with what you know. You do the research, which leads you down different paths until one day you're, you're talking to a drummer, picking him up from the airport. <laughs> and, and having the time of your life. <laughs> That's yeah. a good synopsis, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so is stewbeanproductions.com where we can find Mock and Roll? You can. Okay. You can find, there's a link there. And also you can go to mockandrollthefilm.com, you know, okay. and be able to go to it there. But yes, Stubing Productions has all the different projects I'm involved in. Mark, you've been an inspiration to me as I listen to you, and I'm sure you're an inspiration to the listeners today. I really hope that if you are listening to this and you're, you're, you're thinking from HR to filmmaking, how did that happen? Well, now you know a little bit of Mark's story. You've got a story just like that. So Mark, thank you so much for giving us some of your valuable time. It's my pleasure, Scott. Thanks for asking me.